0: Okay, hello ladies. Welcome once again to our Wedding Women Prayer Gathering. You are all welcome this evening. We have prayed. Today's um, agenda, um, we are going to, Sister Ma is going to share her deliverance experience, how, you know, what she felt about it, how, and whether it has helped her since she had her uh, deliverance. And then after that, I'm going to share a little testimony of what the Lord has done for me since I did uh, my prayer of uh, speaking to the earth on Monday. Okay, So welcome once again. So um, Sister Ma, if you can please share with us your deliverance experience. Thank you, mighty Jehovah. Thank you, Father.
1: Yeah. uh, (laughs) Thank you, Lord.
0: Uh, I want to first of
1: all say thank you to the almighty God for the opportunity given to me uh for that experience. Um it was like a very golden opportunity to, you know, make myself available to God once more. Um it started with uh the um mine I was fortunate to have it you know just um everything was in one wrap like the denunciations of the bloodlines and everything come to the um the jumping of rope, and then the the uh, deliverance from dark places. So I want to um, say that it was a very, very necessary opportunity that I was given because um, during the course of the deliverance, um, I never knew <laughs> certain things that came up <laughs> well, some am I guess because uh, um I've been a, a person that I've undergone so many hurts in my life. So am I might but I normally think that I'm a very forgiving person that I have forgiven and let me be sincere, not forgotten, but I always say I have forgiven completely. But I came to discover that um I wasn't totally. Yeah. I did not totally forgive because there are many things beyond us. That's why we need things like this because we might be thinking that we are somewhere where else we have not even made any scratch anywhere. So my the minister was able to um, touch mm-hmm. some aspects like the unforgiveness, bitterness, anger, and some other dark things too, that uh, maybe by association or whatever. Um, she was able to. Um, she was able to um, through the um her intercessions for me, even get to the level of uh, going to the dungeon itself to you know rescue different fragments of my soul life from torments here and there. And I was, all the time I was in, I was in, in tears. I don't want to go back to that uh, um, emotion, although it's from a light place now, not from a dark place.
2: Um,
1: Because I've been hot, really. But God, in his infinite mercies, through his, his uh, servants, our minister here, pulled me out of it. She saw a lot of things. Like even up till now, you know, somebody's back is being torn to shreds. You know, my hand tied back, you know, as a sign of a uh, witchcraft, playing in the person's life. You know, bitterness and all that. So I, um, I was able to be delivered from all that torment. And I was, I broke down in tears. I was like, my heart was even giving up. You know, I really don't, I'm a very emotional person. So I'm just trying to just, hold it together here. But um she was telling me all the things that was going on, you know. And I was you know being one by one, it was as if there's this knot, you know, tied up. That was just being one by one, you know, the the um, knots were, you know, losing it one after the other. Lots of torments and torture, you know? And finally, I was let loose. She, each and every stage, she took me through. and was able to rescue me from all those hurtful places. And I came out just swinging right into the arms of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I know, I know that that is just from a place of light. I know that this is no joke. There is no joke here because there is this feeling of wellness. There is this light, you know, that just burst out. I felt as if my face was shining. Me physically felt as if there was this light, you know, coming out from my within and beaming, you know, in my face. I was like a new being. I was like somebody that, you know, tortured, uh, but were finally free. And then when she now told me that, you know, I just was like a butterfly, you know, just flying all over the place. And I felt it. in. it's not just, you know, to just talk. I felt it. I was able to let go of all the anger, all the torment, all the torture, and all that. I was able to just let go. And I became free. And now, to crown it all, she told me what she saw and what I felt deep down inside. That the Lord Jesus Christ was just, you know, holding me in his embrace and... And finally, she told me that he should. She should tell me that he just loves my heart—the kind of heart I have—and that I am just a very kind person. And that he should. She should tell me that he is very proud of me. At that point, I was just—it was just as if the the fountain was just, you know, broke. And I was just weeping, in joy, in, you know, affirmation. Do you imagine what it feels like for your God to tell you that he's proud of you, me? It was just surreal, so surreal, and my heart. He has been at mm-hmm. Even though I was a human being, you know, once in a while, but I keep watch. I keep watch over the threshold of my, my heart, over the threshold of my spirit. It comes in. Sometimes you remember, but I just, you know, I use the word. I use the music to just... You know, nip it from the board. I don't, I don't want any contamination anymore. I don't want any hurt anymore. I don't want any bitterness anymore. I don't want anything that will make me go about forgiving. And I just don't even want it to take root anymore. I just want to be, you know, be at the state I am right now. I'm, I'm keeping watch all the time, asking God for his, his goodness to be able to sustain. What have started in me is uh, an experience that is money cannot buy.
0: Okay, sister.
1: Thank God for making it possible for me. Mm. Thank you so much, Minister. My is joy, it's joy, it's not. Um, please, uh, I in- beg. That you should push you. forgive me and just an emotional person. That's why
0: I. do I'm here crying for you. I am crying for what the Lord has done for you. You know, He is so merciful. He is so loving. He is here just, you know. I can feel, I can, I, I actually see Him smiling at you <laughs> as you are sharing. His heart is full of joy for you. You know, look at me. I'm weeping. I, I'm weeping for joy for you, that the Lord has set you free. And mm-hmm. it's, it's for you now to continue in that path which he has set you, okay? Mm-hmm. This is the reason why he's telling me I need to speak about deliverance, how necessary it is for people who call themselves born-again Christian to have at least one or twice, you know, sessions of deliverance. So those things that are blocking them from, you know, him getting close to them can be removed, can be removed, okay? It's it's a joyful thing. I have gone, as I said to you, I've been having deliverance for more than 20 years, you know? The Lord has taught me how to do self-deliverance on myself because we live in a fallen world. These things will continue to come, but he has, you know, if you focus on him, he said, just focus on me and not on the storms, you know? When you learn, to do that is a joy. No matter what is going on around you, you know, Jesus is there for you. He just smiles at you and you smile at him, you know. He calls us his precious daughters. That's what he calls us, okay. You know, we are are happy for you. We're happy, you know, so don't be embarrassed about weeping or anything. It's it's a joy. It's the joy within you that is coming out. And when you think about the places you have been and where you are now, you just give God the glory. You just give God the glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you. I just pray that the Lord will continue to guide you and he will continue to lead you in the path he wants you to be on now that he has placed you on that path, now that he has delivered you from those things, those shackles the enemy have used over these years to prevent you from growing spiritually in him. No more. Your chains has been broken and the enemy cannot come anywhere you at all, at all, at all. You know, what I'm seeing in the spirit now is you in your white gown with your sword in your hand. <laughs> and you're just swinging. <laughs> your sword in your hand. Oh, God is good. God is good. Hallelujah. We praise him. We praise him. Thank you, Lord. Okay, Sister Amma, thank you so much for sharing that with us. Okay, thank you. And, and I am so glad, you know, and so privileged that the Lord was able to use me to do this for you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you, sisters. So um, what I'm going to do now, I'm just going to share a little bit of the testimony the Lord has been, you know, giving, giving me since uh, Monday when I prayed, that um, prayer of speaking to the earth, you know, you know, with um, before I prayed that prayer, um, the Lord, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit put in my heart to sow a seed, to sow a seed in the ministry of the man that gave me that revelation, the man that's, you know, taught about this revelation, about speaking to the earth. Although I knew about speaking to the earth about 2015, but you know the 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 revelation the Lord gave me was about cleansing my land, but this one is about speaking to the earth directly to release your blessings. Okay, especially the earth where you are living at the present time. So um, so when I did that, I saw the Holy Spirit told me what seed to sow to this man's ministry. So I sowed it, and then I did that prayer before I then came and um, released that message to you guys on Monday. Okay, since that Monday, <laughs> oh God is good. Oh. <laughs> since that Monday, you know, me and my husband received a, a, a letter on Wednesday about insurance company that you know paid us our indemnity insurance almost 10 years ago. <laughs> almost 10 years ago. So that Wednesday, we received a letter and they're saying that you know that over the years they just reviewed. You know, they went into our records and they were just flipping through and they reviewed the charges they charged us. And they found that they've been charging us too much over almost 25 years. We took out that insurance. So now they're going to send us a check of almost 500 pounds. Okay. For all the charge or necessary charges they charged us over those years. Okay. That's the next one. And that's the, you know, one. And then on Thursday, my husband went to the shop to buy some DIY things he was using to fix something. He's gone to this shop before, and, you know, when he went, the man was very, you know, quite hostile to him and all sorts of things. But this time on Thursday, when he went, something he was supposed to, he was expecting to, the man to charge him about £10 for this thing. But when the man brought this, the, this thing, it was about five or six pounds. But the man said, okay, it's all right. You just give me four pounds. okay?" The Chukwuri was surprised. He said before, this man would even uh, you know, allow him to pay with card, He said it must be cash. But now he's giving him all this discount. Then he went to the next shop to buy another thing as well. And the, the man brought a pack of these things. And the Tripoli said that he only wants a few, you know, four or five of these things. And the man said, "No, the you know, it's a whole pack he sells." But he said, "Anyway, wait." So he went be- behind. I think he opened the pack to the number my husband wants and came and gave it to him. My husband said, "How I said, "No, don't worry, you take it." <laughs> okay, favor, favor everywhere. <laughs> this is what happens. This is what happens when you speak to the earth and ask the earth to release your blessings. Mm-hmm. And I'm expecting more. I am expecting more. Okay, God, God is amazing. God is amazing. Amen. Okay, so now I'm going to share um the message the Lord dropped into my heart this evening or this uh, throughout today, anyway, just been you know speaking to me about these things. So if we can open our Bible, our Bible to Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. But if you can read that for me from verse 7 to 8, Matthew chapter 10, from 7
3: to 8. Okay, so it says, uh, verse 7, And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Okay,
0: hallelujah. Thank you. So, you know, what the Lord was um, dropping in my spirit about this scripture is that, you know, that the anointing and power of God is not for sale. The anointing and power of God is not for sale. That we should not take money from people before we pray for them. Okay. And we should not receive money for anointing oil and holy water. As uh, a minister, you know, he's saying, as ministers, we have received freely in the sense that we have received our own deliverance and healing freely, and He has given us this anointing freely, that therefore we should give it freely to others. Those who need to, you know, who need healing, prayer, and deliverance prayer, they should receive it without having to pay for it. Okay? That his anointing is, is not for sale. In short, that's what he's saying. His anointing is not for sale. That's no charges. People should not be told to, you know, um, sow this seed here before. You can cancel them, pray for them for healing, or pray for them for deliverance. Okay, so that's what he's saying, that his anointing is not for sale. And also those who sell like anointing water and holy um, um, oil and things like that, That should not be done. That should not be done. That is against his will. Okay, but when it comes to sowing and reaping, okay, when it comes to sowing and reaping, that is when it comes to your stomach, your wealth, prosperity, you need to bring what is in your hand for God to multiply it for you. Okay, you need a seed. That is what the Lord is saying. But when you're coming for healing and for deliverance, you don't need a seed. That is anointing is for free. Because it's the anointing of the Lord that breaks the yoke and heals you of your ailments and your afflictions. That those, those ones are free. But when it comes to your stomach and when it comes to praying for wealth, praying for prosperity, that you need to bring what is in your hand. This is what he's saying. Okay. So he's saying, what is, you need to bring, you need to bring what is in your hand for God to multiply it for you. So you need a seed. You need a seed. But first and foremost, you need to repent of your sins. God does not bless sinners, but he blesses repentant sinners. Mm -hmm. He blesses repentant sinners. You need to believe. That God can do what you are asking Him to do for you, you need to believe that. Okay, you need to bring what is in your hand. So this is a, a biblical principle for sowing and reaping. So if we have a look at First uh, King, so this this biblical principle of sowing and reaping is what we are going to look at now. It's in the Bible. So First King, First King, chapter seventeen. From verse 9 to 16, I will read this, okay? From verse 9 to 16. Okay, this is the story of Elijah. After, you know, God, after he has battled um, Jezebel, uh, the prophets of Jezebel in Mount Carmel, the Lord then sent him to um, a river, a brook, and the, you know, the birds fed him. Then after the brook uh, dried up, The Lord sent a word to Elijah, telling him to to get up and go to um, uh, Zarephath. And then I'll read from verse verse 9. It says, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am preparing a couple of sticks that I may go in, and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat, when may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, Elijah said to her, verse 13, not, yeah. yes, do not, do not fear, go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first, and bring it to me, and afterward, I makes. Uh, and afterwards, make some, for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bean of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and her household household, um, ate for many days. The bean of flour was not used up, Nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah, okay? So, God instructed Elijah to go to this woman. And, you know, this woman, she wasn't a Jewish woman. She was in Zarephath in Sidon. So, this woman probably has been praying to the God of Elijah, okay? Because of the famine, she has been praying so the Lord sent, her, Lord sent Elijah to her to multiply the little that she has. She has to have something that the Lord can work with to produce what she needs. And the same applies to us as well. As the Lord says, if you are praying for you know, your food, in short, you're praying for your food, you're praying for prosperity, you're praying for your wealth, you need a seed. When you plant that seed, that is what he will multiply. For you. Okay, let's have a look at another example. 2nd King chapter 4. So take a knife, you can read this one. 2nd Second, Second King chapter 4, from verse 1 to 7.
2: 2nd King chapter 4, verse 1. Yeah. All right. Now, there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead, and thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. And the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be born men. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what thou, what hast thou in the house? And she said, Then handmaid had not anything in the house, save a pot of oil. Then he said, Go, borrow thee vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and shalt pour out into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessels to her. And she poured out, and it came to pass, when the vessels were few, That she said, that she said unto her sons, bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, there is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. Then she came and told the man of God. And he said, go sell the oil and pay thy debt and leave thou and thy children of the rest.
0: Amen. Amen. You see, another miracle. The Lord did another miracle for this widow and her two sons she the seed she had the problem is sometimes what we have in our hand we don't regard it as anything a lot of people when they're praying for you know for their provision or for God to provide them something they don't give him a seed to work with and when you do not give him a seed to work with he cannot do anything you know what is it from the sky that is going to pluck up that thing god works with seeds you know if it's not the seed of his word is a seed, a physical seed that you present to him to work with. Okay, let's have a look at again, Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. Boma, if you can read that for me. What
3: verse? And from verse 34 to 42. And there came forth and saw a great multitude. And he had compassion on them, because they were as sheep, not having a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And when the day was now fast spent, his disciples came unto him and said, The place is desert, is desert, and the day is now fast spent. Send them away that they may go into the country and villages round about and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered and said unto them, Give ye them to eat. And they said unto him, Shall we go and buy 200 shillings worth of bread and give them to eat? And he said unto them, How many loaves have ye? Go and see. And when they knew, they said, Five and two fishes. And he commanded them that they all should sit down by companies upon the green grass. And they sat down in ranks by hundreds and by fifties. And he took the five loaves and the two fishes. And looking up to heaven, he blessed and brake the loaves. And he gave to the disciples to set before them. And the two fishes divided he among them all and they all ate and were filled. Amen. You
2: see,
0: in that that, um, um, scripture as well, the Lord Jesus needed a seed. The five loaves and the two fish were the seed he needed for God to then bless and expand and multiply. Okay, So it's a a matter of uh, using a seed for multiplication. So the seed you bring to him is the seed he will multiply. Okay, so now let's have a look at 2 Corinthians, I'll read this one, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. I'll read it this time. And this is Paul, Paul was talking to the Corinthian church, okay. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he proposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loves a cheerful giver. God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That you always having you know having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance you know, for every good work. As it is written, he has dispersed abroad and he has given to the poor his righteousness endures forever. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown, okay, the seed you have sown. So if you do not sow any seed, God cannot multiply emptiness. Okay so this is what Paul is saying you know supply God will supply will multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruit of your righteousness increase the fruit of your righteousness okay so what Paul is saying here is if you give little that is if you give a little seed that is the, the little seed you give is what God will multiply for you okay for and then he says that you need to give from your heart. What it means is that you know, you need to ask the Holy Spirit what you should give. It's better to ask the Holy Spirit, you know, that's what I normally do. I'll ask the Holy Spirit how much do you want me to give? And he will tell me how much to give. And I will give that. Okay. So what Paul is saying here, ask the Holy Spirit of God that is in you how you should give. And when you do give, don't give because you have been forced to or because you have been, you know, compelled to. That's what he means by, you know, not out of necessity. That is, nobody's forcing you to give it. You're giving it out of your own willingness and out of your own heart. That's why he then said, God loves a cheerful giver. Okay, if you give because you've been forced to, you're not cheerful about it. You're grudging, you're, you're, being, you're grudging it. So you're not happy that you're giving it. And when you're not happy, God is not going to do very much with that seed because that seed has been defiled, okay? So when you ask the Holy Spirit, what shall you give? He will tell you, and then you give it cheerfully. And as you give it cheerfully, that is how God is going to multiply what he's going to give you, and he will give you cheerfully as well, okay? So what he's saying here is that we need to sow a seed to get fruit, you cannot come to God empty-handed especially if you are praying for your food for prosperity or for your wealth. If you come for healing and deliverance that is different. What you need for this one is a repentant heart and faith to receive, okay? This is what you need when you're coming for healing and deliverance. It's a repentant heart and a faith to receive. But if you want to sow a seed of thanksgiving, you do that as a later date. Okay. So what uh, what I was feeling the Lord was saying is, if after your healing and your deliverance, and then you want to give, uh, you have received your healing, you have received the deliverance you want, and then you want to thank God for it, you need to do that at a later date. Okay, not during the time of your deliverance. Okay. So this is um, one of the messages the Lord gave me this evening. And then the other message he gave me, I was saying that I feel the Lord is saying, this is the time the bride of Christ has to get herself ready. Has to get herself ready for her bridegroom. okay. And then I was also getting this feeling that it is not every Christian is a bride of Christ. It is not every Christian is a bride of Christ. So the parable of the wise and foolish virgins in Matthew 25 makes this clear to us. Okay. So let's have a look at that parable. Let's have a look at that parable. Matthew 25. Okay, I will read this. Matthew 25 starting from verse 1. Then the kingdom then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to, to 10 virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now, 5 of them were wise and 5 were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels and their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered saying, no, least there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourself. Okay. While they went to buy, the bridegroom came and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding and the door was shut and the door was shut. The door was shut, okay? So the, the five of them were wise and five were foolish. So what makes, you know what, you know, what made the five wise and what made the five foolish? That's the question we're going to ask. So these two groups were all born-again Christians, okay? These two groups, they are all born-again Christians. They accepted Jesus as the Lord and Savior. They have accepted Jesus as the Lord and Savior. You know, as, as, when I was discerning this, um, this message, what I was getting in my spirit was that, you know, the foolish virgins were those who won. During the course of their walk with the Lord, they began to draw back. They began to backslide. Okay. That is one point. Then the other point is the foolish virgins were carnal Christians. They were more interested in the things of the world. They were more interested in doing things as the world was doing things. Then the third point is, these foolish virgins, they are lukewarm Christians. Lukewarm Christians, those who have quenched the work of the Holy Spirit in their lives. Sin has hardened their heart. Sin has hardened their heart. The foolish virgins are those who have allowed the thorns of this world to choke the seed that was planted in their heart when they first heard the gospel. They've allowed the thorns of this world, the the worry of things, of food, of clothing, to choke the, the seed that was planted in their heart. Then the wise virgins, these are those who continued to seek the Lord with all their heart Just like the you know the word of God says if you seek me diligently with all your heart you will find me. Then the next point is the wise virgins they are the ones that have prepared their heart to receive the seed of the gospel. the seed fell on good ground. So these are the wise virgins. Then the third point is with faith they remained in divine. They remained in the vine, just like in John 15. Let's have a look at John 15 chapter. There's John, John chapter 15. I'll read this one. John chapter 15 from verse 4 to 14. I'll read it. This is Jesus talking about him being the true vine. Okay. So abide in me and I in you. And they are burnt. If you abide in me. And my words abide in you. You will ask what you desire. And it shall be done for you. By this my father is glorified. That you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. As the father loved me. I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments. You will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my father's commandment and abide in his love. These things have I spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Okay. So uh, verse 12, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends. If you do whatever I command you, okay. So this is one of the attributes of the wise virgins. They abide in the vine. They stayed with the vine. They allowed His Word to abide in Him, in them, and He, you know, He also abide in them. So His Holy Spirit is working, is working through through them. So this is one of the attributes of the wise virgins. Right? The next attribute number 4, the wise virgins they crucified their old man to the cross. They were no longer slave to sin. They were no longer slave to sin. This was why the oil continued to burn. And number 5. These are the sons and daughters of God who are led by his spirit, like in Romans 8, Romans 8, verse 1. So what we are talking about, we are talking about the attributes of the um, wise virgins and the foolish virgins. We have done the ones for the foolish virgins. Now we are doing the attributes of the wise virgins. So we'll just have a look at Romans chapter 8. I'll read this. Just um, the first verse, actually. Romans 8, verse 1, which says, "There, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Okay. So these are the differences between the wise virgin and the foolish virgins. The foolish virgins were carnal Christians. They were walking according to the desires of their flesh. This is why the oil was not burning, okay? They ran out of steam. The Holy Spirit left them because they were sinning. They were living as carnal Christians. They were, you know, they were living in sin and doing the things of the world. So the Holy Spirit was not operational in their life. This is why their lamp went off, okay? But the wise virgins, these are the ones that stayed with the Lord. They stayed in his word. They crucified the old man to the cross, okay, so therefore they are in Christ, therefore there is no condemnation in them, therefore the Holy Spirit of God is the one leading them, they're not being led by the desires of their flesh, unlike the foolish virgins, okay, so this is the reason the oil continue to burn, so they were preparing themselves, and remember, the Lord is coming for a bride that is without wrinkle, and it's without any blemishes, so these are the bride of Christ. The wise virgins are the bride of Christ. And I feel the reason the Lord is giving this message now is for those, those foolish virgins to repent and get themselves ready. And to get themselves ready. Okay? So this is why he is giving this message now. So the wise virgins are those who continue to seek the Lord with all their heart. They prepared their hearts to receive the seed of the gospel. This, you know, the seed fell on good ground. They received the seed with faith and remained in the vine. They crucified the old man to the cross. They were no longer slaves to sin. Even if they do sin, they also repent immediately because they have the Holy Spirit in them. The Holy Spirit will convict them and they repent immediately. Okay. These are the sons and daughters of God who are led by his spirit, who are led by his spirit. You know, so this message is more or less for those foolish virgins who have lost their way. They have lost their way. The Lord is calling them back through the process of repentance, through the process of repentance. Like in 1 John, Boma, can you read that for me? 1 John chapter 1,
3: verse 6 to pen from verse six. If we say that we have fellowship with him and work in the darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Exactly. His word is not in us. So you cannot be
0: a Christian and you're living in sin. You're committing sin. You are lying. You are scamming people. You are sleeping around. You are thieving from people, and you still call yourself a born-again Christian. Every Sunday, you carry your big Bible, and you go to church. You are lying. This is what the Bible is saying to us. You are lying. You are a liar. You cannot be in darkness, and you're saying you're walking with the Lord. The the Lord is in light. He is light. There's no darkness in him. So you cannot call yourself a born-again Christian and be doing these things and that you think you are walking with the Lord. You are not walking with him. This is what he's saying. This is his word. You know, this is his word. So take note. He is calling those foolish virgins. Foolish virgins, I think they are Christians. They are not Christians. And when the rapture comes, you will be left behind. This is what he's saying. So what he's saying is, you, this is the, the, the time to repent. And you repent through the process of repentance and deliverance. The process of, you know, repentance and deliverance. The Lord wants to deliver us from the things that is blocking our spiritual growth. From the things that are blocking our spiritual growth. We have heard a testimony of a sister that have had her own deliverance. I'm sure she was not, you know, uh, expecting all those things that was cast out of her to come out. I'm sure she did not believe that she had those things. But they were there. Okay. The the problem is a lot of Christians carry religious spirits. They carry religious spirits. I have done several deliverances and the Lord will show me the soul of this person in a cage. And inside that cage, there is a lot of people. And the Lord will say, this is the spirit of religion. He's holding the whole church in bondage. I've done, you know, I've seen this twice with two people I've done, you know, deliverance on. The Lord said, you know, They are being held bondage, religious bondage. Religious spirit is holding them bondage, not just one soul, the whole church. So whatever denomination you are attending, if there's a spirit of religion there, it's holding the whole church in bondage. That's the problem. Okay? There was a time I visited a church in Nigeria. I went in this church. It's a very big church. I was sitting there, and the Lord told me to lift up my head. I lifted up my head. He said, look around. I looked around the whole congregation. I'm sure there was more than, you know, two or 300 people there. I looked around and the Lord said, they are worshiping me with their mouth, but their heart is far away from me. That is religious bondage. Okay. And these are some of the spirits that hold people in bondage. Spirits like, uh, you know, trauma and abuse. Spirit of unforgiveness. The list is endless. Spirit of witchcraft is very common. Is holding people in bondage. And these are the things a lot of Christians carry. There's churches that don't believe in deliverance. Eh? They don't believe in deliverance. These are the type of churches that are in bondage. Because at least as a Christian, we need to submit ourselves for deliverance. Because we don't know what spirit has been attached to us. And this spirit, their function and their aim is to stop you from growing spiritually. This is why people are are lukewarm Christians, carnal Christians. No spiritual growth. No spiritual growth. Okay? But the Lord is calling out to his people. Repent and submit yourself for deliverance so he can cast the spirit out. And then you can start growing spiritually. Because time is short. We don't have much time. The clock will soon strike midnight and that's it. You can see what is happening in the world. This is your time now to totally submit yourself. And, you know, and live up to the name you are answering. Born again Christian. Live up to it. Hallelujah. Mm
1: -hmm. Thank you,
0: Lord. Okay, that's the message the Lord gave me this evening. Praise his holy name. Hallelujah. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Thank you. Mm -hmm. A bit of a heavy one, but um, we need to... He is really gearing for his church to get ready to get ready he keeps saying it keep giving these messages to people but still churches are there preaching prosperity god bless me this and god bless me that but the main point the main issue nobody's touching it repentance and deliverance You need to be you know all the chains holding you needs to be broken and this is the chance people have to really repent and come back to the lord so he will cleanse cleanse them place them of all unrighteousness and deliver them from what the Satan is holding them bound in. Hallelujah. Thank mm. you, Lord. Thank you for the message, Father God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank yeah. you. Does anybody want to add anything else? Any questions or anything you want to clarify?
1: Well, I think it's a very clear uh, message. Mm. Very well, uh, you know, given up there. So, I don't have any questions whatsoever. Mm. Mm. Very clear. Very, very clear.
0: Right. What about Boman fine. Same.
2: Yeah.
3: It's just when um, Sister Emma was giving her testimony, I was identifying with a lot of some of the things that she was saying about her deliverance. Yeah. You know, some of the emotions that you never even knew were still there. Being brought to light and you know how you just felt like you just wanted to just keep the inside of you clean at all times. You just didn't want anything to contaminate what has just been, you mm. know,
0: mm.
3: cleared out of you. Mm. So I just I, I really, really felt that as well. And um the way that you felt overwhelming peace that's you know, as God was actually speaking mm. to you directly to your situation, there was so much you know, like a reality, Mm. you know, it was really, really overwhelming. So I was just like, wow, Mm. I could identify what she was saying, having done my own as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's good. You know, I had my, uh, my deliverance in short, you know, uh, because I, I work in the healing rooms. We regularly have to have deliverance, deliverance, you know, but um, it, it's a, a thing. We have ministry, have personal ministry all the time. So there's nothing we'll get a chance to stick. And plus the fact, as I've shared this before with you guys on this platform, you know, when the Lord wants to clean, clean me or whatever, if I have any spirit that is clinging to me, it could be spirit of offense or, you know, sometimes I can get irritated and these spirits come and he won't allow me to sleep. I'll be turning and tossing on my bed You know, for hours, I will not sleep. I'll be asking, Lord, please give me sleep. He will not give me sleep until I get up, go to my altar, sit down, and then he will cleanse me. Okay? He will cleanse me and I'll start yawning and vomiting and all sorts. And then after that, I can go and sleep. I can go and sleep. Because as his vessel, he wants his vessel to be clean all the time. But because we live in a fallen world, sometimes we do take offense. People will irritate you you know, the, the enemy can use another person to try and bring anger to you and things like that. But these are the things you need to be aware of, okay? But, you know, because we're um, human, sometimes you 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 react in a negative way. But sometimes you forget to repent. And then if you forget to repent, you, God will not give you sleep. He'll take sleep from your eyes until you get up and you can cleanse you up, okay? So this is what, as you, all ministers should have, regular people that will pray for them for deliverance and clearance and things. There's some ministers don't believe that, <laughs> that the devil can touch them, you know? But that's, that's, that's a very wrong and prideful attitude to have. We're still human. We're still human and we're still vulnerable. Ministers are more vulnerable to attack because when the enemy gets you, at least if, you, if he gets into you and you pray for somebody else, what is in you will will go to that person. So therefore, this is how they pass on all these uh, spirits to their congregation. Witchcraft spirits and all sorts. eh? And people are not growing spiritually. Anyway, but God is faithful. He's faithful. He's dealing with his church one step at a time.
2: Hallelujah.
0: I know. I thought it was going to be a very short um, meeting, but we have already spent an hour. <laughs> okay. our time flies. <laughs> okay, yeah. Sister Goma, please uh, pray for us and let us <laughs>
3: close. Then, all right. Okay. Thank, thank you, you, Lord. Hallelujah. In your mighty name, Father Lord, we give you mm-hmm. all the glory. Indeed, mm-hmm. you deserve all our worship. You deserve our praise, Lord. God. We thank you for the this evening the time that we've shared in your presence lord jehovah we thank you for the things that we are learning the things that you're sharing and teaching us lord jehovah we thank you for the journey that you're taking us on as a group lord jehovah we give you all glory honor and praise father lord we pray lord jehovah as our minister has watered us lord jehovah you will replenish her in the mighty name of jesus every every anointing that has left her lord jehovah you will You will give it back unto her a hundredfold in the mighty name of Jesus. Anointing, wisdom, knowledge, understanding will not depart from her, Lord Jehovah, as she continues to share and do your will. Father, we pray for those of our members that are not here, that haven't been able to join us. We pray that next week we will see everybody in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, even when the message will be replayed, Father, we pray that we will all, listen again learn and hear the things that we may have missed out today and that it will minister to us in the mighty name of jesus we seal everything with the precious blood of jesus thank you heavenly father for a time like this blessed be your holy name in the mighty name of jesus christ amen 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 amen
2: Amen, so i am Bye-bye. Good night. bye okay. night. 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 Bye. Bye. Bye-bye.